Chapter Thirteen of Ruggles of Red Gap by Harry Leon Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen. Having written and posted my letter to the Honorable George the following morning, I summoned Mr. Belknap Jackson, conceiving it my first duty to notify him and Mrs. Effie of my trade intentions. I also requested Cousin Egbert to be present since he was my business sponsor all being gathered at the flout house including mrs belknap jackson i told them straight that i had resolved to abandon my social career brilliant though it had been and to enter trade quite as one of their middle-class americans they all gasped a bit at my first words as i had quite expected them to do but what was my surprise when i went on to announce the nature of my enterprise to find them not a little intrigued by it and to discover that in their view i should not in the least be lowering myself capital capital exclaimed belknap jackson and the ladies emitted little exclamations of similar import at last said mrs belknap jackson we shall have a place with tone to it the hall above will be splendid for our dinner dances and now we can have smart luncheons and afternoon teas and a red-coated orchestra and after-theatre suppers said mrs effie only put in belknap jackson thoughtfully he will of course be compelled to use discretion about his patrons the rabble of course he broke off with a wave of his hand which although not pointedly seemed to indicate cousin egbert who once more wore the hunted look about his eyes and who sat by uneasily i saw him wince some people's money is just as good as other people's if you come right down to it he muttered and bill is out for the coin besides we all got to eat ain't we belknap jackson smiled deprecatingly and again waved his hand as if there were no need for words that rowdy bohemian set began mrs effie but i made bold to interrupt there might i said be awkward moments but i had no doubt that i should be able to meet them with a flawless tact meantime for the ultimate confusion of the bohemian set of red gap i had to announce that the honourable george augustus vane basingwell would presently be with us with him as a member of the north side set i pointed out it was not possible to believe that any desirable members of the bohemian set would longer refuse to affiliate with the smartest people my announcement made quite all the sensation i had anticipated belknap jackson indeed arose quickly and grasped me by the hand echoing the honourable george augustus vane basingwell brother of the earl of Princetead, with little shivers of ecstasy in his voice while the ladies peeled their excitement incoherently with really really and actually come into red gap the brother of a lord 
then almost at once i detected curiously cold glances being darted at each other by the ladies of course we will be only too glad to put him up said mrs belknapjackson quickly but my dear he will of course come to us first put in mrs effie afterward to be sure it's so important that he should receive a favorable impression responded mrs belknap jackson that's exactly why mrs effie came back with not a little obvious warmth belknap jackson here caught my eye i dare say ruggles and i can be depended upon to decide a minor matter like that he said the ladies both broke in at this rather sputteringly but cousin egbert silenced them shake dice for him he said poker dice three throws aces low how shockingly vulgar hissed mrs belknap jackson even if there were no other reason for his coming to us remarked her husband coldly there are certain unfortunate associations which ought to make his entertainment here quite impossible if you're calling me unfortunate associations remarked cousin egbert you want to get it out of your head right off i don't mind telling you the judge and i get along fine together i told him when i was in paris and europe to look me up the first thing if ever he come here and he said he sure would the judge is some mixer believe me the judge echoed the belknap jacksons in deep disgust you come right down to it i bet a cookie he stays just where i tell him to stay insisted cousin egbert the evident conviction of his tone alarmed his hearers who regarded each other with pained speculation right where i tell him to stay and no place else insisted cousin egbert sensing the impression he had made but this is too monstrous said mr jackson regarding me imploringly the honourable george i admitted has been known to do unexpected things and there have been times when he was not as sensitive as i could wish to the demands of his caste bill is stalin he knows darned well the judge is a mixer broke in cousin egbert somewhat to my embarrassment nor did any reply occur to me there was a moment's awkward silence during which i became sensitive to a radical change in the attitude which these people bore to cousin egbert they shot him looks of furtive but unmistakable respect and mrs effie remarked almost with tenderness we must admit that cousin egbert has a certain way with him i dare say flood and i can adjust the matter satisfactorily to all remarked belknap jackson and with a jaunty affectation of good fellowship he opened his cigarette case to cousin egbert i ain't made up my mind yet where i'll have him stay announced the latter too evidently feeling his newly acquired importance i may have him stay one place then again i may have him stay another i can't decide things like that offhand and here the matter was preposterously left the aspirants for this social honor patiently bending their knees to the erstwhile despised cousin egbert and the latter being visibly puffed up 
by rather awkward stages they came again to a discussion of the united states grill the name of course might be thought flamboyant suggested belknap jackson delicately but i have determined i said no longer to resist america and so i can think of no name more fitting your determination he answered bears rather sinister implications one may be vanquished by america as i have been one may even submit but surely one may always resist a little may not one one need not abjectly surrender one's finest convictions need one oh shucks put in cousin egbert petulantly what's the use of all that one stuff bill wants a good american name for his place me i first thought the bonton eating-house would be a kind of a nice name for it but as soon as he said the united states grill i knew it was a better one it sounds kind of grand and important belknap jackson here made deprecating clucks but not too directly towards cousin egbert and my choice of a name was not further criticized i went on to assure them that i should have an establishment quietly smart rather than noisily elegant and that i made no doubt the place would give a new tone to redgap whereat they all expressed themselves as immensely pleased and our little conference came to an end in company with cousin egbert i now went to examine the premises i was to take over there was a spacious corner room lighted from the front and side which would adapt itself well to the decorative scheme i had in mind the kitchen with its ranges i found would be almost quite suitable for my purpose requiring but little alteration but the large room was of course atrociously impossible in the american fashion with unsightly walls the floors covered with american cloth of a garish pattern and the small oblong tables and flimsy chairs vastly uninviting as to the gross ideals of the former tenant i need only say that he had made as i now learned a window display of foods quite after the manner of a draper's window moulds of custard set in a row flanked on either side by pies as the natives call their tarts with perhaps a roast fowl or ham in the centre artistic vulgarity could of course go little beyond this but almost as offensive were the abundant wall placards pathetically remaining in place coffee like mother used to make read one impertinently intimate this professing a familiarity with one's people that would never do with us try our boston baked beans pleaded another quite abjectly and several others quite indelicately stated the prices at which different dishes might be had irish stew twenty-five cents philadelphia capon thirty-five cents fried chicken maryland fifty cents new york fancy broil forty cents indeed the poor chap seemed to have been possessed by a geographical mania finding it difficult to submit the simplest viands without crediting them to distant towns or provinces 
upon cousin egbert's remarking that these bedizened placards would come in handy i took pains to explain to him just how different the united states grill would be the walls would be done in deep red the floor would be covered with a heavy turkey carpet of the same tone the present crude electric lighting fixtures must be replaced with indirect lighting from the ceiling and electric candlesticks for the tables the latter would be massive and of stained oak my general colour scheme being red and brown the chairs would be of the same style comfortable chairs in which patrons would be tempted to linger the windows would be heavily draped in a word the place would have atmosphere not the loud and blaring elegance which i had observed in the smartest of new york establishments with shrieking decorations and tables jammed together but an atmosphere of distinction which though subtle would yet impress shop assistants plate layers and road menders hodmen carters cattle persons in short the middle-class native cousin egbert i fear was not properly impressed with my plan for he looked longingly at the wall placards yet he made the most loyal pretence to this effect even when i explained further that i should probably have no printed menu which i have always regarded as the ultimate vulgarity in a place where there are any proper relations between patrons and steward he made one wistful timid reference to the try our merchant's lunch for thirty-five cents after which he gave in entirely particularly when i explained that ham and eggs in the best manner would be forthcoming at his order even though no placard vaunted them or named their price advertising one's ability to serve ham and eggs i pointed out to him would be quite like advertising that one was a member of the church of england after this he meekly enough accompanied me to his bank where he placed a thousand pounds to my credit adding that i could go as much farther as i liked whereupon i set in motion the machinery for decorating and furnishing the place with particular attention to silver linen china and glassware all of which i was resolved should have an air of its own nor did i neglect to seek out the pair of blacks and enter into an agreement with them to assist in staffing my place i had feared that the male black might have resolved to return to his adventurous life of outlawry after leaving the employment of belknap jackson but i found him peacefully inclined and entirely willing to accept service with me while his wife upon whom i would depend for much of the actual cooking was wholly enthusiastic admiring especially my colour scheme of reds i observed at once that her almost exclusive notion of preparing food was to fry it but i made no doubt that i would be able to broaden her scope since there are of course things that one simply does not fry the male black or raccoon at first alarmed me not a little by reason of threats he made against belknap jackson on account of having been shopped he nursed an intention so he informed me of putting snake dust in the boots of his late employer and so bringing evil upon him either by disease or violence 
but in this i discouraged him smartly apprising him that the belknap jacksons would doubtless be among our most desirable patrons whereupon his wife promised for him that he would do nothing of the sort she was a native of formidable bulk and her menacing glare at her consort as she made this promise gave me instant confidence in her power to control him desperate fellow though he was later in the day at the door of the silversmiths cousin egbert hailed the pressman i had met on the evening of my arrival and insisted that i impart to him the details of my venture the chap seemed vastly interested and his sheet the following morning published the following the delmonico of the west colonel marmaduke ruggles of london and paris for the past two months social favorite in red gap's select north side set has decided to cast his lot among us and will henceforth be reckoned as one of our leading business men the plan of the colonel is nothing less than to give red gap a truly elite and recherche restaurant after the best models of london and paris to which purpose he will devote a considerable portion of his ample means the establishment will occupy the roomy corner store of the pettengill block and orders have already been placed for its decoration and furnishing which will be sumptuous beyond anything yet seen in our thriving metropolis in speaking of his enterprise yesterday the colonel remarked with a sly twinkle in his eye demosthenes was the son of a cutler cromwell's father was a brewer your general grant was a tanner and a mr garfield who held i gather an important post in your government was once employed on a canal ship so i trust that in this land of equality it will not be presumptuous on my part to seek to become the managing owner of a restaurant that will be a credit to the fastest growing town in the state you americans have continued the colonel in his dry inimitable manner a bewildering variety of foodstuffs but i trust i may be forgiven for saying that you have used too little constructive imagination in the cooking of it in the one matter of tea for example i have been obliged to figure in some episodes that were profoundly regrettable again amid the profusion of fresh vegetables and meats you are becoming a nation of tinned food eaters or canned food as you prefer to call it this i need hardly say adds to your cost of living and also makes you liable to one of the most dreaded of modern diseases a disease whose rise can be traced to the rise of the tinned food industry your tin openers rasp into the tin with the result that a fine sawdust of metal must drop into the contents and so enter the human system the result is perhaps negligible in a large majority of cases but that it is not universally so is proved by the prevalence of appendicitis not orange or grape pips as was so long believed but the deadly fine rain of metal shavings must be held responsible for this scourge i need hardly say that at the united states grill no tinned food will be used this latest discovery of the colonel's is important if true be that as it may his restaurant will fill a long-felt want and will doubtless prove to be an important factor in the social gaieties of our smart set due notice of its opening will be given in the news and doubtless in the advertising columns of this journal again i was brought to marvel at a peculiarity of the american press a certain childish eagerness for marvels and grotesque wonders i had given but passing thought to my remarks about appendicitis and its relation to the american tin food habit 
nor on reading the chap's screed did they impress me as being fraught with vital interest to thinking people in truth i was more concerned with the comparison of myself to a restaurateur of the crude new city of new york which might be little rather than distinguish me i suspected but what was my astonishment to perceive in the course of a few days that i had created rather a sensation with attending newspaper publicity which although bizarre enough i am bound to say contributed not a little to the consideration in which i afterward came to be held by the more serious-minded persons of red gap busied with the multitude of details attending my installation i was called upon by another press chap representing a spokane sheet who wished me to elaborate my views concerning the most probable cause of appendicitis which i found myself able to do with some eloquence reciting among other details that even though the metal dust might be of an almost microscopic fineness it could still do a mischief to one's appendix the press chap appeared wholly receptive to my views and after securing details of my plan to smart and red gap with a restaurant of real distinction he asked so civilly for a photographic portrait of myself that i was unable to refuse him the thing was a snap taken of me one morning at chains Watton by higgins the butler as i stood by his lordship's saddle-mare it was not by any means the best likeness i have had but there was a rather effective bit of background disclosing the driveway and the facade of the east wing this episode i had well-nigh forgotten when on the following sunday i found the thing emblazoned across a page of the spokane sheet under a shrieking headline can opener blamed for appendicitis a secondary heading ran famous british sportsman and bon vivant advances novel theory accompanying this was a print of the photograph entitled colonel marmaduke ruggles with his favourite hunter at his english country seat although the article made suitable reference to myself and my enterprise it was devoted chiefly to a discussion of my tin-opening theory and was supplemented by a rather snarky statement signed by a physician declaring it to be nonsense i thought the fellow might have chosen his words with more care but again dismissed the matter from my mind yet this was not to be the last of it in due time came a new york sheet with a most extraordinary page titled englishman learns cause of appendicitis read the heading in large muddy type below was the photograph of myself now entitled sir marmaduke ruggles and his favourite hunter but this was only one of the illustrations from the upper right-hand corner a gigantic hand wielding a tin opener rained a voluminous spray of metal presumably upon a cowering wretch in the lower left-hand corner who was quite plainly all in there were tables of statistics showing the increase side by side of appendicitis and the tinned food industry a matter to which i had devoted said the print years of research before announcing my discovery followed statements from half a dozen distinguished surgeons each signed autographically all but one rather bluntly disagreeing with me insisting that the tin opener cuts cleanly 
and if not man's best friend should at least be considered one of the triumphs of civilization the only exception announced that he was at present conducting laboratory experiments with a view to testing my theory and would disclose his results in due time meanwhile he counselled the public to be not unduly alarmed of the further flood of these screeds which continued for the better part of a year i need not speak they ran the gamut from serious leaders in medical journals to paid ridicule of my theory in advertisements printed by the food-tinning persons and i have to admit that in the end the public returned to a full confidence in its tinned foods but that is beside the point which was that red gap had become intensely interested in the united states grill and to this i was not averse though i would rather i had been regarded as one of their plain common sort instead of the fictitious colonel which cousin egbert's well-meaning stupidity had foisted upon the town the sir marmaduke ruggles and his favourite hunter had been especially repugnant to my finer taste particularly as it was seized upon by the cheap one-and-six fellow hobbs for some of his coarsest humour he more than once referring to that detestable cur of mrs judson's who had quickly resumed his allegiance to me as my hunting-pack the other tradesmen of the town i am bound to say exhibited a friendly interest in my venture which was always welcome and often helpful even one of my competitors showed himself to be a dead sport by coming to me from time to time with hints and advice he was an entirely worthy person who advertised his restaurant as bert's place go to bert's place for a square meal was his favoured line in the public prints he also i regret to say made a practice of displaying cooked foods in his show window the window carrying the line in enamelled letters tables reserved for ladies of course between such an establishment and my own there could be little in common and i was obliged to reject a placard which he offered me reading no checks cashed this means you although he and cousin egbert warmly advised that i display it in a conspicuous place some of them dead beats in the north side set will put you sideways if you don't warned the latter but i held firmly to the line of quiet refinement which i had laid down and explained that i could allow no such inconsiderate mention of money to be intruded upon the notice of my guests i would devise some subtler protection against the dead beet roots in the matter of music however i was pleased to accept the advice of cousin egbert get one of them musical pianos that you put a nickel in he counselled me and this i did together with an assorted repertoire of selections both classical and popular the latter consisting chiefly of the ragging time songs to which the native americans perform their folk dances and now as the date of my opening drew near i began to suspect that its social values might become a bit complicated 
mrs belknap jackson for example approached me in confidence to know if she might reserve all the tables in my establishment for the opening evening remarking that it would be as well to put the correct social cachet upon the place at once which would be achieved by her inviting only the desirable people though she was all for settling the matter at once something prompted me to take it under consideration the same evening mrs effie approached me with a similar suggestion remarking that she would gladly take it upon herself to see that the occasion was unmarred by the presence of those one would not care to meet in one's own home again i was non-committal somewhat to her annoyance the following morning i was sought out by mrs judge ballard with the information that much would depend upon my opening and if the matter were left entirely in her hands she would be more than glad to ensure its success of her also i begged a day's consideration suspecting then that i might be compelled to ask these three social leaders to unite amicably as patronesses of an affair that was bound to have a supreme social significance but as i still meditated profoundly over the complication late that afternoon overlooking in the meanwhile an electrician who was busy with my shaded candlesticks i was surprised by the self-possessed entrance of the leader of the bohemian set the klondike person of whom i have spoken again i was compelled to observe that she was quite the most smartly gowned woman in redgap and that she marvellously knew what to put on her head she coolly surveyed my decorations and such of the furnishings as were in place before addressing me i wish to engage one of your best tables she began for your opening night the tenth isn't it this large one in the corner will do nicely there will be eight of us your place really won't be half bad if your food is at all possible the creature spoke with sublime effrontery quite as if she had not helped a few weeks before to ridicule all that was best in redcap society yet there was that about her which prevented me from rebuking her even by the faintest shade in my manner more than this i suddenly saw that the bohemian set would be a factor in my trade which i could not afford to ignore while i affected to consider her request she tapped the toe of a small boot with a correctly rolled umbrella lifting her chin rather attractively meanwhile to survey my freshly done ceiling i may say here that the effect of her was most compelling and i could well understand the bitterness with which the ladies of the onwards and upwards society had gossiped her to rags incidentally this was my first correctly rolled umbrella saving my own that i had seen in north america i shall be pleased i said to reserve this table for you eight places i believe you said she left me as a duchess might have she was that sort i felt almost quite unequal to her and the die was cast i faced each of the three ladies who had previously approached me with the declaration that i was a licensed victualler bound to serve all who might apply that while i was keenly sensitive to the social aspects of my business it was yet a business 
and i must therefore be in supreme control in justice to myself i could not exclusively entertain any faction of the north side set nor even the set in its entirety in each instance i added that i could not debar from my tables even such members of the bohemian set as conducted themselves in a seemly manner it was a difficult situation calling out all my tact yet i faced it with a firmness which was later to react to my advantage in ways i did not yet dream of so engrossed for a month had i been with furnishers decorators char persons and others that the time of the honourable george's arrival drew on quite before i realised it a brief and still snarky note had apprised me of his intention to come out to north america whereupon i had all but forgotten him until a telegram from chicago or one of those places had warned me of his imminence this i displayed to cousin egbert who much pleased with himself declared that the honourable george should be taken to the flowed home directly upon his arrival i meant to rope him in there on the start he confided to me but i let on i wasn't decided yet just to keep him stirred up mrs effie she butters me up with soft words every day of my life and that jackson lad has offered me about ten thousand of them vegetable cigarettes but i'll have to throw him down he's the human fliver put him in a car of dressed beef and he'd freeze it between here and spokane yes sir you could cut his ear off and it wouldn't bleed i ain't gonna run the judge against no such proposition like that of course the poor chap was speaking his own backwoods metaphor as i am quite sure he would have been incapable of mutilating belknap jackson or even of imprisoning him in a goods van of beef i mean to say it was merely his way of speaking and was not to be taken at all literally as a result of his ensuing call upon the pressman the sheet of the following morning contained word of the honourable george's coming the facts being not garbled more than was usual with this chap red gap's notable guest en route for our thriving metropolis is a personage no less distinguished than the hon george augustus bain basingwell only brother and next in line of succession to his lordship the earl of brinstead the well-known british peer of london england our noble visitor will be the house-guest of senator and mrs j k floud at their palatial residence on ophir avenue where he will be extensively entertained particularly by our esteemed fellow-townsman egbert g floud with whom he recently hobnobbed during the latter's stay in paris france his advent will doubtless prelude a season of unparalleled gaiety particularly as mr egbert floud assures us that the judge as he affectionately calls him is sure some mixer if this be true the gentleman has selected a community where his talent will find ample scope and we bespeak for his lordship a hearty welcome End of chapter thirteen